Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of A Journey Through Time and Stuff. My name is Aaron. Uh, some may call me Aaron. I don't have any other ones for you today. Oh, man. It is Friday. It is Friday, and I am here to be here. I'm here to talk to you guys and uh, kind of recount some cool fucking things that happened this week. Um, the first thing I'm fucking super excited about is uh, I was on another podcast. Um, the wonderful Jake Blanchard had me on his podcast. Uh, that episode is going to be out uh, sometime sometime soon. I have no idea quite when it will be, but it will be out sometime soon. Um, the other cool thing that uh actually no let me say a little more um it was a lot of fun i worry that i rambled too much uh i worry i don't know i'm nervous at being a guest it it's it it made me excited we're going to be co-releasing it so you can either go listen to it on his podcast um he has it on youtube or on all the, the places um that you can get it um and it was in video, so if you guys want to watch it, I recommend going to his YouTube, subscribe to that shit, hit notification, uh, and then watch for me coming out on there. And other than that, it will be out here as well um, after his release, obviously. It will be co-released, though. Um, so that's cool. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Thank you, Jake. <sighs> Next up, cool thing. Um, my brother's coming into town and his wonderful wife sam and their kids and i cannot wait to see them uh i cannot wait to just hang out with my my alaskan family and enjoy that uh a podcast will be coming out uh while they're here i'm sure um i will have rusty on i may even have my cousin matt on we may do things uh if it all coordinates and that works so that would be a fun podcast to have. Um, man, I'm feeling a little quiet. What is going on? I just don't know. I don't, I mean, it. they're there. The noises are there. My ears aren't working right today. What the fuck is going on? Why don't I sound as nice as I want myself to sound? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. <sighs> We'll figure it out. Um, yeah, so my brother's going to be here. That's awesome. I had one of the fucking coolest experiences uh, of my life this week. I went to a concert, everybody. I went to fucking Primus. Now, let me give you a little background. Primus is one of my all-time favorite bands. I've been listening to them since I was a wee child. Uh, my father turned them on to me in the early 90s. Um, probably right around the time they came out, I don't know, um, 91, 92, uh, maybe 93, 94, somewhere right in that range. Uh, I was introduced to Les Claypool and Lur and David, God, Brian, wow, what's the drummer's name? I can't remember. Um, fucking Primus, they're great. Some people love, you know, if you like at all, you love it or else you don't like it at all. Primus isn't a mixed bag thing. There are no people who are like, oh yeah, I, I, I kind of like them. No, you, you either don't like it, they're weird, I get it, I love it, they're weird, or you don't like it. Um, so I got to see that, uh, Les Claypool and his bass mastery. Um, oh, just such an idol, such an influence, such a wonderful creative man. 
uh, he's there. So yeah, so they played uh, at Edgefield here in Troutdale, um, and what a wonderful set. So the the wonderful thing about this set was they were out uh, paying tribute to Rush, and by doing that, they made they planned to and did perform a farewell to Kings in its entirety. Rush's sixth studio album, fifth studio album. I can't quite remember which one it is. Fifth or sixth. Um, a farewell to Kings in its entirety. I mean, it has all the great songs on it. Cygnus X one. It has a farewell to Kings. It has Xanadu. It has, uh, closer to the heart. It has Cinderella man. Oh, all just i mean every one of those the fucking and then Matt, uh, madrigal the you know that jesus man so they came out there was a first band uh and honestly didn't like it didn't like it uh their name was battles it was weird uh there was a, only a drummer and a guy who kind of sometime played guitar uh maybe played a little bit of synth did a lot of like electro pop stuff the drummer was pretty wicked i mean uh he did very energetic on stage uh trying to be as much of a show as he could from sitting down and give props to him uh i don't know if the drums were triggered uh i'm imagining they all were because the snare changed its sound every song the 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 timbre and the 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 punch and everything about the kick changed every song uh i mean it, it was if you like electro electronic house music kind of stuff uh, edm type stuff repetitive rave things uh those guys were good um but you know they were touring with primus which is more than i ever got to do so fucking more power to them all right then primus at the stage and what a fucking set they played like Oh, I, I, I'm literally getting chills and goosebumps right now talking about it. So they came out, opened up with Blue Collar Tweakers. What a beautiful, grooving song to open up. Then right into, without any break at all, Blue Collar Tweakers right into uh, Too Many Puppies. And now they're cruising, Too Many Puppies! And it, all the weirdness and everything's happening in the middle of the song. Right after where the guitar solo breakdown would be, they go right into Sergeant Baker, and it's like a a quick little interlude. And so now they're they're doing this cool thing, and boom, they're in, in Sergeant Baker, and they're playing that song. They go through a verse chorus of that, and then at the next transition, boom, right back into the end, and another reprise of uh, "Too Many Puppies." Great, boom, that finishes. Ah, hey everybody, how are you doing? Huh? We're to be out. We're in front of people, you know, less making jokes and talking to the crowd and being funny and witty and his, his weird self. Um, then they go into the seven off of saturating seven, uh, their wonderful kids book album. Um, and that's just a wonderful song. They play that right into fisticuffs. Oh, I could, Oh, man, it blew me away. They played that song. I could not believe they played Fisticuffs. It is not, it's a deep cut. Um, and man, did it was just perfect. They were on point. The sound was great. Um, and then they went into Seize a Cheese. And 
And he brought out the standing cello, electric cello, and he was playing with the bow. And just being fucking glorious. And then he went into Mr. Crinkle, which was on the same album as Seize the Cheese, and that was also played with the cello. So he played those two songs back to back. Boom, Mr. Crinkle. Uh, and then finished with My Name is Mud. And then, of course, everybody just singing along. What a fucking grand song to, to end the first part of their set with. Boom, My Name is Mud. All right, then they go off. They go off stage for a second, and everybody knows Rush is coming. <sighs> I was with Mark, the drummer for my band. We're both Rush heads. We've been waiting for this moment for two years since we bought the tickets. This was the the climax of everything, and they came out. <sighs> a Farewell to Kings is starting, and Lur just nailed the guitar part. He was Alex Lifen perfectly. Tone was great, and he just starts with the intro. Then everything starts coming in. The keys come in, and Les Claypool is playing the keys right. He's playing bass with one hand, that keyboard with the other. <sighs> and Xanadu. I mean, they nailed Farewell to Kings. And then Xanadu came on. And I just, we were, everybody was standing up. It was, the whole entire place was packed and they were all standing, cheering. And they fucking nailed it. Les Claypool completely played tribute to Getty Lee. Lur played, paid complete tribute to Alex Lifeson. And their drummer, who I can't remember his name and I'm not going to look it up, paid, per, his kit looked like less, or I mean, Neil's kit. It, 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 everything sounded right. It was big and spread out and had all, the, 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 the bells and the xylophone and all of the noise making things that everything that went into A Farewell to Kings, that album. Oh my gosh, they did it all perfectly. Cygnus X1 brought the house down. The graphics on the screen behind it were just a fucking amazing it just encapsulated the whole place was vibing everybody was high smoking weed it was just this wonderful wonderful event and okay boom they walk off they finish Cygnus X1 they walk off stage and everybody's like catching their breath people are starting to walk away I'm like they're coming out for one more I know they do they come out for their last one and I'm like, Every, oh, are they going to play? What are they going to play? You know, we're wondering, is it going to be Jerry as a race car driver? Why known as Big Brown Beaver? Uh, my name is Mr. Know-It-All. What, what song is it going to be? John the Fisherman. Nope. Southbound Pachyderm. One of the greatest, grooviest bass riffs that Mr. Les Claypool has written. In fact, it is so good and such a wonderful little ditty that I'm just going to show you to this just so you can see it and hear what the beginning of it sounds like and everybody erupts uh, I think it's oh no it's got to be on pork soda oh man where is that song I can't Ah, oh, yeah, it's on the All Can't Be Singers. 
I want you all to listen to it. It is just, it's such a great song. And they did the build up perfectly. And then they, they did, they, they had an extended solo break and extended jam in the middle of it. And they did like a 10 to 12 minute rendition of Southbound Pachyderm. It was fucking great. Like, the perfect, it it was the perfect encore. They gave us a little more. They gave it a a fucking amazing vibe, something inherently primus to leave us with after they did such a good job paying tribute to Rush. Uh, And then as I was leaving the venue, we parked uh, and had to walk through this cool little trail. Uh, We parked in a neighborhood behind the venue. We walked through this cool little trail that Mark knew about uh, across the uh, par three golf course that backsides up to the venue. And so we skipped all the parking. We skipped all that stuff, got right into the line. And then as soon as we were out, we walked right out of the venue across the parking lot. And as we're walking, I see this apple tree and I'm like, huh, that's cool. Uh, and it, they look like green apples. It was dark out. And I'm like, man, that apple sounds good. So I walk up and the first one I grab, I pluck and it was perfect. And I looked at it, no holes, no soft spots. It was nice and big. And so I gave it the old, uh, outdoor wash and that was just rubbing on my t-shirt a bunch of times and so i rubbed the fucking apple over and just took a beautiful bite of this naturally grown oregon granny smith apple that probably you know soaked up a bunch of heavy metals and stuff in the roots and a bunch of people peed at the base of the tree for 20 years and all the beer and everything that had been spilt in the concert grounds was just beautiful in that apple and i'm gonna die a little quicker than normal but i fucking enjoyed it um Ooh, got a little weird there, didn't it? Okay, so that was that, man. That was one of the coolest fucking things that happened on Tuesday this week. I've been reeling about it the entire time. Um, oh, fucking amazing. Fucking amazing. <clears throat> um, yeah, so another thing I've been thinking about lately. I had a, I had a uh, story that happened earlier today. Um, and I, I had a story. Yeah, sorry. I have zoomed out for a little bit. Hold on. Um, I had a story that happened to me earlier today that I'm going to tell in a second and it's fucking amazing, but it brought on the thought about things that just really bug me and like small things that really bug me. And it is the misusing or mispronouncing of easy words or phrases that are colloquial or something like that that just gets said wrong and it fucking bugs the shit out of me absolutely drives me crazy so things like pacifically i pacifically asked for when people just forget whole letters of the words they're trying to think say and talk about notion instead and never correct it It is a level of, it is what it is, friends. Um, oh, this is one I'm actually guilty. I used to say, uh, and then it got pointed out to me, the ridiculousness of me saying it, uh, 
encounter intuitiveness and uh i've made sure to not say it anymore unthawed hey i want to unthaw this thing well isn't it already frozen yeah i know i'm gonna go unthaw it you're gonna you're gonna unthaw it you mean freeze it to unthaw something is to not thaw which is like i'm gonna i'm gonna it's if you thaw it out and then you unthaw it you freeze it again right I, if you guys are out there listening, go, fuck, do I say unthaw when you want to take some chicken out of the freezer? And no, you're just going to thaw it. Um, fucking, yeah, that's when, oh, my dog's going crazy. I wonder if you can hear that. Oh, yeah. You could totally hear it. <laughs> that must be fucking food is here. What a big baby. Um, irregardless. Irregardless is another great one. Irregardless of how you may feel. Irregardless of what the guy told me. Well, some of you think may think, no, I think irregardless is a word. You're right. Irregardless is a word. Irregardless is, in fact, in the dictionary. And if you go to the dictionary and you look up irregardless, you know what it says? See, regardless. Irregardless is defined by the word regardless, which has its own definition. So, yes, the word may in fact be a word recognized for only about the last 200 years of of speech. But all you're trying to actually say is regardless. Uh, And if you were to look up your word to define it, you have to do twice the work. So you might as well not do twice the work and skip those two first letters and just say regardless um <laughs> this one's great i i heard someone say this recently a guy at my work uh an escape goat it's like what an escape goat you know someone who uh just takes all the blame for every oh you mean a scapegoat no an es- yeah i mean yeah an, an escape goat no no the goat's not escaping Oh, so dumb, so dumb. A bomb fire. That was one I used to say back in the day. Instead of going to a bonfire, a bomb fire. Oh, I when when adults say bomb fire, that one that one drives me crazy. Um, oh, supposedly, I used to say <laughs> I didn't used to say supposedly, but supposedly I used to say suitcase. I remember distinctly remember being seven years old camping. Oh God. I was at my, with my grandparents, something, and we were in one of their trailers, me, mom, and my brother. And I was young and we were laying on a bed doing something. And I was opening up cupboards or like, like the weird ceiling skinny cupboards that are in motor that are in like trailers and camping trailers and stuff like that above beds. Um, old ones. Yeah. I was opening those and there was a suitcase in there and I go to put a, a, I said, how funny is I was trying to make a joke. Right. And I've always been trying to make, I always try to make jokes. And I said to my mom, trying to be fucking funny and clever. I go, mom, isn't it funny that they put a soup case in a cup bird and soup can go in a cup. And she goes, that is funny, but it's not a suitcase. It's not a soup case. It's a suitcase. And I go, what? 
And she goes, yeah, it's suitcase. And I go, it's not suitcase. I remember being damn funny. She goes, no, because you wouldn't put soup in there when you travel. You put suits that you wear. Boom, it clicked. And I just remember dying laughing. She's dying laughing. And I thought I was so fucking funny. <laughs> I tried to make the joke. Isn't it funny that you put soup cases in cupboards? Because soup goes in a cup. Oh, and I'm an idiot. That's how dumb I was. Seven years old. Uh, this one's great. This one is absolutely great. Uh, and <laughs> I heard this one. I had I had never heard this one before, but I heard this one on uh, your mom's house podcast. Check this out. Oh. I just want to let all y'all know out there. I just want to let all y'all know out there. Watch for waspies because they'll sting you and then you look like me. Hey, everybody out there, watch for waspers. <laughs> waspers. I have never in my life heard somebody say waspers. Have they never heard everybody else say a wasp? And they go, huh, I wonder what a wasp is, you know. They probably never go, what's a wasp? They just hear wasp, and then they look at them, wasp is, and they think that's what it is. And it is remarkably, remarkably hilarious. Wasp is. <laughs> just, oh, fucking ridiculous. Okay, anyway, I said I had this story, but to tell the story, I need to tell it too you and i want to tell it to beth at the same time so let me see if i can very nicely get her in here hey babe come here see how nice that was okay. i want to tell you a really funny story sit down over there plug jada in too oh where's okay go into the bathroom and grab the dongle off the bathroom real quick and i'll tell it to jada too It is absolutely hilarious, I promise. Plug that in there. And now plug that in there. Hey, Jada, can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. You're on the podcast. Okay, cool. Okay, babe, yeah. Are you there? Yep. Oh, nope. Jiggle the microphone head thing. Yep. Hello. Oh, 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 oh. There I am. Hi. Oh, I don't, yep, oh, yep, we got a faulty microphone cord here. Oh, wait, yeah. oh, oh, wait, oh. <laughs> okay, anyways, so guys, so here's this. We're girls, oh, carry on. So ladies, I was saying guys to the, the uh, audience is a plural, so hey dudes, because he's a dude, she's a dude, we're all dudes, yeah. 
Um, so I'm at work today and I'm sitting in back and it's like 530, uh, just about closing time and I'm doing cleanup stuff and Jim walks back and he goes, Hey, I got this guy up here and he's trying to fix his brakes and he just has a question about brakes. See if you can just answer them for him. And I walk up and this dude looks like the epitome of um, like an Italian mobster that you would see on uh, The Sopranos. Was he greasy? Yes, he was kind of greasy, slick back hair, wearing a black... I don't want to call it a wife beater because I don't say he beats wives, but that, you know, that type of shirt, two <laughs> gold chains, gold rings all over the thing. He just had super tan, like he fake tans way too much um, and kind of buff, but fat over the buff. So he's just like this thick guy and he's sitting there and he's like all talking rapid. And then I walk up and he goes, are you the man? You're going to help me fix my brakes. And I go, I uh, I don't even know what's going on. I'm just told that you had a question about them. And he goes, okay, so here's what was going on. I I was over there parked next to the gas station. And one of the homeless guys said that he could help me fix my brakes because I was hearing a sound, a grinding sound. Oh. And it wasn't that bad. And I go, he what? And he go, he said he could do it and he could do it for cheap. So I had him do my brakes and then he's he's changing my plugs into my wires and I'm going, I go, wait, what? And he goes, yeah, now it's running worse than it was before I had him do it. And I go, wait, wait. So you had a homeless man from down the road change your spark plugs and your wires. And now it's run- He probably crossed some wires. He goes, oh, is that what you think it is? I go, well, I don't know. But if it's worse than before and that's what he touched, I have to start there. And now what's, what's up with your brakes? And he goes, oh, yeah. So now they're super spongy and I have to pump them a bunch of times um, before I can stop. And I go, oh, so, so he must have tried to bleed him. He goes, well, he took the calipers off and let the, the fluid drain out, and then he poured more fluid in there. I'm like, oh, so there's, dude, sir, there's a lot of air. And he goes, can you do it for me? And I go, well, um, at this moment, we have half an hour left in the day. I don't have enough time for me still on the clock to stay here and fix your brakes, plus we're $100 an hour. He goes, oh, are you serious? You charge me? I said, well, I'm not just like a guy who just happens to, t- we're a business, like working on cars. He goes, he goes, oh man. I go, I go, was no one helping him like do the brakes or anything like that? He goes, well, listen, here's what happened. I did one line of meth and I thought I knew what I was doing. And next thing I know, I don't know what happened. And the car so was, wait, he was the homeless man. <laughs> Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> yes. He said, he said as casual. Sorry. As casual as someone would be saying, oh, yeah, I had a gla- I had lemonade instead of soda with my, my lunch today. He goes, I just did one line of meth, nothing, nothing big. I don't know if he said nothing big. I, maybe I'm playing that in my head. But he goes, I did one line of meth, and then I was trying to work, and next thing I knew, I didn't know what happened. That was his exact ver- – and I just – I looked at him. I'm like, well, sir, I don't think we can fix your brakes today. And he goes, oh, okay, okay. Hey, I'm sorry, man. I'm so sorry. And I, I – I literally said this to him, like, don't apologize to me, man. Like, you don't have to be sorry about for me. You have to be like, your mom should be sorry. Ooh. Like, it, and he was, he was weird. Like, <laughs> dude, he was definitely methy, like aggressive. Like he was just on speed and like, blah, 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 blah. And he had, he had a wad of cash with like twenties on the outside, but you can see it was all ones on the inside looking like he tried to have, like had a lot of money and he just had like this big wad of cash in his hand. Um, but not a hundred dollars, but not a hundred dollars. Um, and then, so I'm, so that's weird. I like, 
I can't, you know, I walk away, I go back, finish cleaning up, I get in and head home. Wait, wait, wait. Was yeah. he one of the dudes in the front of the building when I came and brought you coffee? There's those two cars sitting in front of the building. He was in like a, 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 t- a like a, a dark white tan, like Ford Windstar van. No, these are both cars, not vans. No, he was in a, yeah, it was in a weird van. Um, okay, and so, mind. so then I, I get, I leave work, I go up, turn on to Argyle to go down Argyle to get on Columbia. And as I'm going down the hill, you, right by where, like where the women's village is, mm-hmm. he was parked in that row of cars with a brand, it, it looked brand new. It was like, he was literally taking out of the bag license plate frame. And he was like, like literally like wiping it with his shirt. <laughs> As I'm coming down the hill, and I'm like, "That's the guy that was just methed out in our store." Priorities, <laughs> and 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 he was like l- looking at his new fancy chrome license plate frame. When I know now he has an engine that doesn't run good and brakes that don't work. But it's gonna look cute. <laughs> I'm sorry. When you started the story with, I know, homeless man at the gas station said he could fix my brakes. What? <laughs> That was literally my interaction today. Crazy people. And so, but what, what spawned me to tell the story, and it made me spawn other things, is he, he was one of those guys that used words, but he used them incorrectly. Oh. So he said, he did say- Like the Pacific Ocean I, is a- I was going to say- he, he a Pacific said, thing. He was going to say, well, he said Pacifically. Pacifically, yes. He said, and, and then the other thing <laughs> he said, I had to write it down. He said, for all intensive purposes. Ooh, purposes are intensive. <laughs> he was saying things like that and just being all fucking crazy. <laughs> isn't that isn't that hilarious? That's freaking... Your mom should be sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, I did. Because he, he was apologizing to me. I'm like, man, you don't have to apologize to me. Apologize to your mom. Oh my gosh! Delta Park. It was it was wonderful. So I wanted to, instead of having to tell it multiple times, I wanted to tell it once and have everybody possible hear it at the same time. I just did one line of meth and <laughs> don't know what happened. <laughs> and next thing I know, I don't know what happened. That was his exact words. And that's that's to be a lesson. That should be on the fucking commercials for everybody out there. That guy sitting there. I only did one line of meth, and next thing I don't know, I don't know. Or I next- feel like that makes so much sense though, because like. Did you notice the blown up motorhome today? Oh. So I just did one line of meth and I don't know what happened. Yes. Yes, I know so I noticed the the giant and I didn't okay, so when I came home from the concert on Tuesday night, um I tell her about it. So it was it's literally like a full size R V motorhome completely burned to the ground. All you can see is the axle. And the axles, the, the metal, it. the metal frame and four metal posts standing up in the corners that would have held up the corners of the R V. And the side of the hill. Yeah. And then there, there was a Camaro, a new like third gen, fourth gen Camaro parked right next to it that the whole entire front end of the Camaro was burned up too. Like it looked like, like, I don't know if they were trying to jumpstart it and they caught and it sh- the battery shorted. They did and one f- line of meth <laughs> and they didn't know what happened after that. It's definitely what happened. <laughs> Lord. Might have been more um, than one line. But when I was coming home from the concert on Tuesday night, um, I, I went to go to Delta Park and I was going coming down fucking Columbia because I tried to go up through the other drive-throughs first on Columbia there when I got off Marine Drive. Anyway, so I'm I'm coming down through Delta Park and I turn off onto Schmier and the road is all blocked and I see fire trucks, I see ambulances, I see all that stuff blocking that road right by where the fucking RV was. I, there were no flames or nothing on fire still, or I, I would have noticed it was nighttime. So, but I, I didn't think anything. I'm like, oh, someone 
died or something on fire, you know, <laughs> like something happened. But the next morning, I come, next morning, I, <laughs> next morning I come to work and yeah, just incinerated the fucking, that whole thing <laughs> torched. Lesson learned. Don't do drugs. Yeah. One line of meth. <laughs> don't do drugs. Um, okay. Dinner's here. Dinner's here? Okay. Good story. Th- thanks. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Thanks for being on. <laughs> bye, Jada. Bye. <laughs> We're done. Oh. <laughs> Honey, your snake is getting smushed. What are you talking about? I'm, I, would you not, I, I know exactly what's happening with that. Sorry, Biggie. Got you, bro. You guys are so weird. I'll be out there in a sec, babe. Okay. Oh, man. Well, there's that, everybody. That was exciting, huh? One line of math. Um, also, another story that happened to me today. Uh, at some fucking asshole today when i was going to work spit on my car while we were driving i am not even kidding you i'm sitting there driving along not doing anything wrong doing nothing wrong i'm enjoying my music i'm paying attention to the my surroundings and i notice a somebody right there next to me and i didn't pay too much about it uh all of a sudden, I noticed uh, a little bit of, uh, I would say, not aggression, but uh, uh, abundance of, of movement happening from this person, and they spit out their window, and it went all down the side of my car. This fucking asshole. I... I I went, what the fuck? And he just looked there, sat there dumbfounded, his eyes open, not really saying sorry, not apologizing, doing nothing. And I was just in utter anger and sadness and just the disgrace of this motherfucker spitting on my car, on the road, on my way to work this morning. I had I sat there in shame then. I knew I was driving with spit on my car. I didn't want to roll my window, move it, because there was spit on it, and, and anywhere if I rolled it down or, or up, it would just make trails and just squeegee marks of more spit in more places. Garth Brooks would have said it. I couldn't fucking believe that guy. And you know what he did? Nothing. Didn't do anything about it. Sat there and just accepted it. But what was happening, man? And I was left to deal with it. That fucking guy. That asshole was me. I spit on my own car this morning. And I didn't say sorry to myself. I didn't apologize for the shame I caused myself. The embarrassment of not knowing how my mouth works. It was fucking me. And it brings me to... This short story I wrote by Jorge Luis Borges, a Argentinian uh, short story writer, poet, musician, wonderful man, great writer, has 
fantastic stories. This one's called Borges and I, uh, and it's very short. I'm going to read it to you. To the other one, to Borges, is to whom things happen. I walk through the streets of Buenos Aires, and I delay myself, perhaps almost mechanically, to look at the arch of an entrance hall and the grillwork on the gate. From Borges, I find out through the mail, and I see his name on a list of professors or in biographical dictionary. I like hourglasses, maps, 18th century typography, the taste of coffee, and the prose of, Sp- of Stevenson. And he shares these preferences, but in a vain way that turns them into attributes of an actor. I would be an exagger- It would be an exaggeration to say that ours is a hostile relationship. I live, let myself go on living, so that Borges may contrive his literature. And this literature justifies me. It is not hard for me to confess that he has achieved some valid pages, but those pages cannot save me. Perhaps that's perhaps because what is good belongs to no one, not even to him, but rather to the language and to tradition. Besides, I am destined to perish, definitively, and only some instant of myself can survive in him. Little by little, I am giving everything over to him, although I am quite aware of his perverse custom in falsifying and magnifying things. Spinoza knew all things long to persist in their being. The stone eternally wants to be the stone, and the tiger a tiger. I shall remain in Borges, not in myself, but I, I, or if it is true that I am someone, but I recognize myself less in his books, <laughs> but I recognize myself less in his books than in many others, or in the laborious strumming of a guitar. Years ago, I tried to free myself from him and went from the mythologies of the, of, sorry, and went from the mythologies of the slums to the games with time and infinity. But those games belong to Boris Hayes now, and I will have to devise other things. I'm sorry, I'm going to read that one more time. Years ago, I tried to free myself from him and went from the uh, mythologies of the slums to the games with time and infinity. But those games belong to Borges now, and I will have to devise other things. Thus my life is a flight, and I lose everything, and everything belongs to oblivion or to the other. I do not know which of us has written this page. That's fucking heavy, you guys. Listen back to it a couple times, me reading it poorly, albeit. Go read it yourself. There are, there's so much about my life, myself watching myself spit on a window, talk to you guys right now, that is contained within this less than one page short story written by Jorge Luis Borges. And culminates all of my struggle some of these lines (laughs) I like hourglasses maps 18th century typography the taste of coffee and the prose of Stevenson he shares these preferences but in a vain way that turns them into the attributes of an actor holy fuck if that isn't me I I love 
records. I love Primus. I love disc golf. I love music. I love people. I love all of those things. And yet when I go to talk about them, I truly do feel like I'm acting out that like to a thing that you guys think of it or understanding that the you that you sees me, that's all you'll remember. You won't remember the me that actually likes me. You'll remember the me that told you about what I like and why it's cool. And that it's hard. There's another line here. Uh, I shall remain in Borges, not in myself, if it is true that I am someone. I shall remain in Borges. Let me, let me say it a different way. I shall remain in Aaron, not in myself, it is, if it is true that I am someone. Think about that. That's that thought. That what I am, what I, what I think of me, will remain in me, in Aaron, not in me. But I recognize myself less in my podcast than in many others, meaning when I, if I were to listen back to my own podcast, the thing that I'm listening back to doesn't feel like the me that authored the words. It feels like some, I'm listening to an actor, but I see myself in other people's podcasts far more than my own, and it came from me. But I recognize myself less in his books than in many others or in the laborious strumming of a guitar. Holy fuck, does that give me chills. I can hear the laborious strumming of a guitar and, and recognize myself more in that than in my own music, my own laborious strumming of a guitar, which I l laboriously work at every day. The, this, this wonderful little, the little thing, Spinoza knew that all things long to persist in their being. The stone eternally wants to be the stone and the tiger a tiger. I love the juxtaposition of a stone and a tiger, and they both are doing the same thing and wanting to be themselves. And that's the duality of that thought of wanting to maintain yourself, but knowing the you that will exist isn't you. Thus my life is a flight, and I lose everything, and everything belongs to oblivion, or to the other. I do not know which of us has written this page. That last line is the epitome of Borges as an author. Think about a man who wrote all this stuff but didn't become profound until later in life. Didn't become famous till later in life. And all of a sudden, now he was having to explain his stuff he wrote to people who didn't know the hymn that wrote him. They read it, read him into what they wanted. And they read themselves into his works and then wanted him to fit their mold. 
Isn't that fucking crazy? Turn this on your life. What is the you that is you that isn't the mask that other people think you are? How many times do you watch yourself unbecome yourself in a day? How Do you pay attention to this at all? I would love to know from you guys. I would love emails. I would love phone calls. Uh, also, if you have phrases or words that people say wrong all the time that drives you fucking crazy. In fact, if you have things that just make you mad, period, call in, write in, let me, I will, I will love it. We have a, a commercial for the hotline. <laughs> okay. All right. We're bringing guitar into this mix. But, uh, okay. This, we got to make this, rem- like, it needs to be drilled into the heads. 971801 Vest, baby. For all of your crazy yeah. toll free needs, it could be something like a okay, I like that. Nine seven one eight oh one. Nine seven one motherfucking eight oh one vest. Holy shit, we did it. We got a motherfucking toll-free line, and it's the shit. Uh, nine seven one eight oh one vest, bitches, come and call us. That's nine seven one eight zero one eight three seven eight. Call me, man. Leave a voicemail. Uh, email me timeandstuffpod at gmail dot com goes right to me tell me what you hate about the you that isn't you or what other people say what drives you crazy i know it doesn't drive me crazy episodes of survivor and dinner which is about what i'm gonna go do right now and maybe get a little arc in tonight Ooh, that would be nice i hope i uh, you all enjoyed this uh i'm stoked to be pumping out a bunch more con- uh, content for you guys coming here soon. I love you all. And until next time, keep it loud. And drive like you know each other.